Hi everyone, Lucy Kippist here. I'm the editor of Flying Solo and the host of this podcast where we peek inside the everyday lives of our inspiring small business community. This episode is brought to you by our Flying Solo Business Class Membership. It's your annual pass to great deals, discounts, tips and wisdom for building the business of your dreams. Plus you get the opportunity to be a guest on this podcast all for just $165. Head to our website for details. Side hustles have absolutely boomed in 2020. With so much more time spent at home and possibly a little less distracted, around 10% of our community told us in our recent How Are You Coping With COVID survey that they've used this time to kickstart the smaller business ideas they've been sitting on for years. For the uninitiated, a side hustle is probably what we would have called a hobby in the past, a creative project that you love doing anyway, that makes you realise, oh, hang on a second, I can actually make some money from this. But just how you make money by doing something like this is just like any other business of any other size, and it is largely down to how you market it. So our guest today is Karen Hollenbach the LinkedIn expert, who says LinkedIn actually has a very important role to play here in growing your little business. Karen, welcome back to Flying Solo. Thanks for having me, Lucy. I always enjoy having a chat with you. Ditto. So when I think about LinkedIn, I often think about it in terms of of my online CV. So if I'm thinking about running a side hustle, which usually means I've either got another business or a full-time job, What's your advice here? Like, how do we use LinkedIn as a platform to market a side hustle? And is it even okay to do that on our LinkedIn account? Lots of great questions in there. And I hope I answer them all. So just sort of circle back if I've missed, because I feel like there's three questions in there. So the first thing is, I really want to talk about this idea of it being the CV. I think, and I mean this respectfully, feeling like your LinkedIn presence is just a CV, I think is missing a lot of the opportunities that your sort of LinkedIn presence, I'm going to say, um, not just your profile, your LinkedIn presence um, can have for you. So if we just look at the profile as an isolated piece of online content, it's really normal that people view it as a, so you're, you're not alone, actually, the majority of people view it the way you do, that it's kind of like your CV. And if you're sort of applying for roles or a client's looking you up, um, that's the place to kind of look. Uh, however, If you view your profile more as uh, this is where I professionally network, especially in the sort of post-COVID environment that we're in where we're not sort of meeting up in real life as much and certainly in Melbourne that extended a little bit longer than the rest of us and my heart goes out to my South Australian friends and colleagues at the moment, then we can extend this idea of it being the place where I network professionally with people. And so if you think about it from that context, It's not just what's written in your profile. It's the way you choose to engage with the updates from your connections and the way that you, you know, what you follow, what you're choosing to like and comment on, what you're sharing that is also part of the picture. So if you take all that into consideration, you can then kind of go, well, I'm I'm more than my job, right? So my job does not define me. And I listened to an incredible lady uh, Fanny Auger who was the founder of um, the School of Life in Paris and she said uh, you know I think it's Parisians that sort of don't describe themselves as much in the terms or maybe it was the interviewer that was implying you know they don't describe themselves as much in terms of sort of what they do for a living and that's your opportunity on LinkedIn too to sort of talk well beyond just your job 
and also the things that you're interested in. And so here's where the side hustle comes in, right? So if there's sort of two ways it can play out. The first way is, look, I'm genuinely interested and passionate about a particular topic. So my profile is written in a certain way and it's definitely reflecting the fact that I'm a full-time employee for a particular organisation but I might write in my area of expertise. So I might publish LinkedIn articles. And remember that it doesn't matter who I work for, I own my LinkedIn profile. It's mm-hmm. my own online professional identity. And unless um, I've got sort of a very, um, you know, I work for ASIO or I've got a, a role where I'm, I'm really expected to sort of co- uh, toe the corporate line, then what I say, you know, my words are my own. And so that gives a lot of professionals the opportunity to sort of like, comment, engage, publish, share content that could lead people to their side hustle. Um, Now, that's assuming that their employer is completely comfortable with the fact that they have this side hustle. If they are in the situation where the employer is not comfortable and they actually don't want them to know about it or they just don't want it to distract from their day job, there's also the option for the individual to completely independently of their profile, create a company page Mm. and build a following to that company page. Now, you and I both know as content creators that that's not an easy task and that takes, um, it's really a skill set and a, a craft to build a really strong following to your company page. But it can be done, and I think we've got one example in particular that um, you and I are going to talk about today. So did that answer your question? Because I kind of felt like there were three questions there and maybe I've answered two of them. No, yes. And so the first question in regard to, you know, my sense that it's an online CV, I loved how you answered that. And the other point I really liked that you made there was you actually own your own LinkedIn Now, I guess Mm. for me, which sort of is going to wrap in another question before we get to this great example of someone who's doing this really well, um, is when you're going to launch this side hustle, now we know that social media is an absolute given now. Like I think it's sort of like 80% are on there daily. Like it's an absolute must. But choosing which platform to use is a whole other part of, you know, developing your marketing strategy. So while you're product or service that might be your side hustle is really good to have on Facebook or Instagram. Obviously it's a must to be on those. The other question I wanted to ask you was what does LinkedIn do better than those other two platforms saying that we are going to set up a company page, which we will talk about, but what is LinkedIn offering us as side hustlers that Instagram and Facebook aren't? Oh, that's such an interesting question. And I think it's just about the community that's on LinkedIn versus the community that's on um, Instagram. So I think that like when I look at sort of Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn, so I will answer the question in a moment, but I just will sort of explain the context of how I view the online environment. And really when I, you know, I'm spending time on LinkedIn, what I'm doing versus when I'm spending time on Instagram and Facebook, what I'm doing. So um, I always view sort of as someone that is a consultant um, and an educator and trainer, I always view LinkedIn as the place where I've sort of got my big girl pants on, maybe my suit jacket, although, you know, COVID's broken that one. I think there's sort of the new normal around what we wear. Um, So that's kind of where I'm I'm my most professional self. Doesn't mean I don't have a a point of view or an opinion or or some a sense of humour. Um, and some wit, um, but it's certainly where I am the most serious. Whereas on Instagram, I think um, certainly from a consultant point of view, so I'm going to talk about a B2B, so business-to-business or service-based type of environment, I could still show up on Instagram, 
but it's effectively where I want people to assess whether they like me, right? Yeah. So what does she stand for? You know, what's she kind of doing a little bit behind the scenes? Um, a lot more of my sort of personality humour uh, will come through in a very playful way over on Instagram. And then Facebook is all about community, right? So it's the groups and it's the, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's friends. It's not Facebook would like to think um, it's for business, but it, it's really for friends as well. Mm-hmm. So what LinkedIn offers is access to people who are in that frame of mind. They're they're more professionally focused. They're probably going to spend more time on there um, during the week. It's They're there to sort of get in, get their news, be informed, um, stay ahead of their sort of competitive set within the particular industry they're in. They don't really need you to um, amuse them. Uh, you, they don't need to be entertained, uh, but they need to be informed, inspired and educated. So I think if your brand and your side hustle falls into any of those categories, you know, we're educating, we're leading, we're informing, we're inspiring within your particular industry, then LinkedIn just offers so many more dimensions, um, particularly than, say, Instagram would. Um, And I'd say it wins over Facebook because it's for business more, not so much of a chat. And I think that, you know, Facebook's got some... I don't know, some skeletons in its closet that have sort of been revealed and I think there's sort of a, a an air of discontent around um, Facebook and I think that uh, the social dilemma is making it, so that was a documentary that was uh, has been released in 2020 by um, sort of Tristan Harris, there's a couple of other people, um, really all the uh, pioneers of Instagram, Pinterest, uh, Facebook, Google, et cetera, that are really starting to question the role that social media is playing in um, distracting our attention and stopping us from engaging in things that are probably more important like relationships and being active and and nature, et cetera. So where LinkedIn wins for me is from a business point of view is that the time I spend on it is – better for my business because I tend to get a better return for the amount of time I spend on it. And everyone talks about this idea of this black hole, you know, you can get in this rabbit hole with social media. I think the people that are on LinkedIn are there to be informed, educated, inspired. So you don't have to warm everyone up as much. Like you've still got to be um, human. You've still got to be compassionate. You've really got to be empathetic and you need to be really understanding the problems of the communities that you serve and how you might solve them but you've got more permission to talk about business as well. And so I love it. And so it's not just me that feels this way. There was a, a I think it was 2018 now, HubSpot study that said for B2B organisations, uh, LinkedIn has 277% higher conversion than wow. social, you know, other social yeah. media platforms. So um, that's why I think LinkedIn is a really good option. But if you're a consumer-based business that has you know, T-shirts or, you know, shoes or things like that. It's LinkedIn's not necessarily going to be the platform for you. This is really, you know, when you're wanting to talk to um, corporate employed uh, professionals and they could be running their own businesses. So employed means, you know, I'm, I'm employing myself or I'm employed by someone else. Um, who have that sort of professional perspective. But interestingly, I'm seeing and I'm working with a lot more yoga practitioners and wellness practitioner, practitioners that are really um, pioneering some great 
uh, sort of insights on LinkedIn because COVID has kind of made LinkedIn a little bit more community. So they're offering these sort of productivity tips and ways that you can be more effective in your uh, working day and how to bring in a bit of Zen and meditation into your working day. So it's not to say that LinkedIn's not fun. Yes. But it's certainly not going to be your first choice of place for if you want to be entertained. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but it is your first choice and it wins for me when you're having those more serious business conversations. Love it. Great answer. Thank you. So give an example here of someone who is using their LinkedIn company page as a brilliant marketing platform for their yes. very successful side hustle. So did you want to talk us through who that person is and what? I'd love to talk about Hal. So Hal Nugent um, is the is a digital marketing manager by trade. He has a very important role as a digital marketing manager for an established organisation. He's based out of Sydney, and I know him as the editor and publisher of Balance, the Grind. And what's really interesting about this is when you and I were chatting about um, this example. You've also come across how and been interviewed for him. So he, he sort of really stood out to you for different reasons. Um, but what he's successfully done is he has a beautiful LinkedIn profile. And I was really attracted to the way he set up his LinkedIn profile. And that's really how many of my sort of conversations started with him. I think he originally reached out and invited me to connect. And I actually commented on his choice of um, profile photo and his background image. So I assume you'll put the link in the show notes to Hal's um, LinkedIn profile. But then he started to make contact with me around um, Balance the Grind. And Balance the Grind is a work-life balance publication. I'm just reading this from his company page. Built on conversations, ideas and community. We're on a mission to showcase healthy work-life balance through interesting stories from people all over the world in different careers and lifestyles. Now, because how's a uh, content marketer, he just knows how to create a beautiful visual. So, I mean, not just reading experience, but a beautiful visual experience for the reader. And so he has done that successfully through his company page by posting regular content that is based around that promise. You know, this idea of daily routines. Um, he talks about flexible workplaces and he uses all of the features within his LinkedIn profile but he injects all of this story in the balance the grind company page and importantly we do have his permission to talk about him today because sometimes I see with people's side hustles they might not even attach the company page to their profile yes um, but in Howe's case he has so we do have his permission if any of you are sort of going hang on have you ladies you know spoken yes. to this guy <laughs> and we really I would really like you to you know people to check him out and have a look at how beautiful um, the balance the grind company pages and also his website yes and I second that and um, I actually completed he sent me his profile so he did a bit of a profile on my daily routine and as someone who's completely obsessed with reading about other people's productivity habits that's me um, I was really flattered but also I was struck by how great his questions were because you know, I focus a lot on creating content around productivity myself and I really liked the flow of his questions and what he got me to reflect on. And, you know, some of them were hard, which is just ideal. That's really what you want when you're trying to interview someone about this stuff. And interestingly, like, he, so he, this is a niche essentially 
So mm. side hustle is such a niche. And I think that's in, also important to mention in this conversation. Usually they are niches because usually they are just something you've been happily working on or just have a bit of a passion for. It's not like you've signed up or done a course on it necessarily um, with your side hustle. And obviously his side hustle works beautifully on LinkedIn because he's interviewing people within organisations who who are working so there's that lovely synchronicity there between yeah work LinkedIn habits LinkedIn etc etc so there's a good brand alignment I suppose is the word I'm looking for yeah and I think it goes a bit deeper than that too how's made the conscious decision that LinkedIn is his primary platform so this is where people fall over um even just forget side hustle think about just your business you know, if it was a, were getting 100% of your attention, they fall into this trap of thinking that they need to be across, across all sort of platforms. And so he's really decided, uh, and maybe it's because it is his side hustle, he's decided that LinkedIn is Balance Grind's um, primary platform and this is where we're going to share most of our content and this is where our community can expect us to turn up. And so I think it just allows him to do a better job because all of the content he creates, the way he writes, the the sort of features that he leverages within the LinkedIn company page experience, he's just going deeply into the the platform that LinkedIn offers to engage and build community through the company page experience. And that's why it's such a good example because I, I think we need to move to a place. And I know you said, oh, you know, we've got to be on Facebook and we've got to be on. I would like solopreneurs especially and solopreneurs and people with side hustles especially to really be ruthless about, you know, do I actually have capacity and bandwidth to be across all platforms? Mm. And if I was only going to show up on one, which one should it be? So, of course, I'm a big advocate for LinkedIn. And, yes, I've mentioned, um, you know, this is where it's good for your business. If you've got a different type of brand or business or side hustle, you know, Facebook or Instagram TikTok even if you're reaching that um, younger community might be more suitable for you but I think how is a really good example of um, I want to give people permission as well so yes it shows how you can use LinkedIn for the side hustle but it also shows how you can just maybe just have one platform that you focus on yeah I totally second that. I think what's important about that step is when you are coming up with your business, whether it's a side hustle or your main business, whatever it is, it's about really focusing on who your customer is, Mm. who your client is, who your customer is, and really like spelling that out for yourself, sitting down, spending half an hour to an hour, writing down who that person is. And I think that that will naturally help you gravitate towards what social platform is right for you. Yes, and I think um, I think so. A, a reveal is um, I think bespoke. So the comp- my company sponsors the Balance the Grind website and blog because I love it so much, and I, I love it so much because of exactly what you just said, Lucy. How is so clear about the communities that he ser- he serves and Balance the Grind serves. So when we talked about the potential for me to sponsor. So he approached me, the potential of ages ago, the potential for me to sponsor. It was a very robust discussion around how many people did he have on his email list? How many followers did he have on his company page? Uh, where were they? What was their profile from an age demographic, you know, all the stuff. Yep. And it was just so 
in the targeted area of the clients that I want to have conversations with. And so he will send me regular reports to say um, the click-throughs from his email of how many people click through to particular links. Um, and he will often check in with me and say um, how much traffic, you know, have you got from the, you know, I just sent an email out, I saw links there. And so uh, we talked about the fact that I think last month I got sort of 12 visits from the Balance the Grind you know, emails and website. And you and I both discussed that's no small yep. effort for yep. someone who's got a side hustle. And as a sponsor, I'm really happy with that because I know because of the profile he's given me of his readers that they're 12 really high-quality people that, are, that, that his side hustle is pointing to my website. Yeah. That, I mean, that's sensational, which... As often happens with you, Karen, I'm going, oh, well, there's another podcast topic to talk about is that sponsorship. <laughs> but you're right, 12 recommendations, who wouldn't want that? Mm. Like anyone would take those, yes, please. Um, and it's also making me think I need to get Hal on the podcast as well. Well, <laughs> he's, he's such a lovely human being, apart from being a, an amazing content marketer. He's just a really lovely guy. And so, you know, for me there's that values alignment there's, I think, you know, the work that he's doing is is so great. I think visually, uh, and I don't mean just mean great, I mean sort of his mission, you know, conversations with entrepreneurs, artists, business leaders, startup founders, and more about work-life balance. This stuff's really important. And he's been talking about this way before COVID. Mm. So this is something that he cares deeply about. And I think something else I want to say is there's sort of all these quotes around about do what you love and you won't work a day in your life. I mean, that's just not true. So you're still going to, yes, you're going to love all the work that you do, but how has worked very, very hard on his weekends and late at night to create this? Yeah. Yeah. Because he has a full-time job. And as much as there is obviously a lot of crossover there, it's not easy. It's, you know, it's not easy. No. And so that's why I think he'd be interesting to chat to as well. Definitely. Definitely. How he manages that, you know, what, you know, where he might have sort of, I don't think he's the sort of person that would suffer from burnout, but, you know, the lessons he's learned along the way I think would would be a great listen. Totally agree. Um, We're getting near the end of time, unfortunately, but the last question I wanted to, to ask you was in regard to the company page. I know that you have a lot of resources on the Think Bespoke website and I think we have published them on Flying Solo too about how you actually set that up. Yes. But what I wanted to talk about was before we finish up is there's another benefit to having a company page um, that you discussed with me before in terms of your research like the research capability of having a page like that being that you can then not only connect with like-minded people or competitors, for want of a better word, you can actually sort of spy on what they're doing, for want of a better phrase. Well, you can do that. So you can't so much do that from the company page experience. You can do that from your LinkedIn profile and research. But certainly, yes, there are really good analytics from the company page. And it's a free feature. So I think it's really important that we let everyone know you don't have to have a premium account. Um, You do have to have domain-based email address and have the organisation that you're creating the company page for listed Mm -hmm. on your LinkedIn profile. Um, And some of you might get a bit of a a sort of a shock when you go to set up your company page and it sort of already exists and you need to claim your page. And that's because someone over in um, Sweden or China or, or somewhere else in the world might have come up with the same business name and have it listed in their profile but not have created the company page. So 
once you've set the company page up and once you've started to build followers, and I might put the link, um, give you the link to the my um, eight-page sort of eight steps to grow your company page followers because I think everyone will say, well, how do I do that? You know, I've created my company page. What do I do next? Yeah. Um, is that there's all these analytics. So, yes, from a research perspective, you can research who's following your page. You can see geographically where they're based, um, industry type of role, um, seniority, um, and you can see who they are. So this was a really old feature that LinkedIn used to be able to see who your followers are and now um, it's brought LinkedIn's brought it back in the last sort of six months or so. So one of the things I do with my um, followers is at the end of each month, I, I, if there's any followers who are second or third degree connections, so that just means I'm not already connected with them as a first degree connection, um, I'll send them a personalised invitation to connect and thank them for following the page and let them know that I'm the one that creates the content. And more often than not, um, they already feel like they know me and have established a relationship with me because based on the content that we're sharing through or that I'm sharing through Think Bespoke's company page. Um, and then you've also got the option once a month to invite up to 100 of your connections to follow the company page. And I'm sure everyone listening will have experienced that with a whole lot of people inviting them to um, follow their company page. So the research is really the research you can do within the, your own environment of followers. Yep. And it's ex- incredibly powerful because you can also check one of the issues we had with the clients, so not side hustle, but a highly established uh, recruiter within Melbourne within a, a particular niche and what we discovered, um, I mean, we've managed their page for years now, but what we discovered when we first took it on was, yeah, they had, you know, a lot of followers, but they were all in the US and this particular recruiter specialised in Melbourne. So yeah. one of the first things we had to do was really think about, well, how do we get the right people following? Yeah. And so the company page tool I think is really the um, the tool that we'll be seeing more and more solopreneurs and uh, people with side hustles embrace in the future and I think that I mean I'm certainly on a mission to educate uh, you know Australian business owners that this is a free tool readily available to you that you should be using to raise the profile of your organization online and it is also the place the platform from which you can then pay for LinkedIn ads so there's the organic part which is which how's doing beautifully and then there's also the paid elements of the company page experience okay brilliant Karen, as always, your insights are fantastic and I'll make sure to be linking off to all of those things in the show notes for the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Pleasure. Thank you for having me, Lucy.